Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome back to Chronicle, the history of Newcastle United. I'm Matt Ketchell, football editor at Chronicle Live, and we've reached episode 28 of our 30-episode walk through the entire 140-year history of the club. We're into the final 10 years. Last week, we covered a huge change at St. James's Park as Sir Bobby Robson, Alan Shearer and Freddie Shepherd all left, and Graham Soonis, Michael Owen and Mike Ashley all arrived. This week, there's some more surprise departures and more surprise arrivals to cover, and joining me as ever to discuss the trials and tribulations of Newcastle United is the club's official historian, Paul Joanneau. Paul, we're picking up the story in 2010. Newcastle gained promotion back to the Premier League following relegation at the first time of asking, but sadly, Chris Hutton didn't last long in his in the first season back in the Premier League, did he? That's right. Uh, Chris Hutton was, was hugely popular, but surprisingly, after leading Newcastle to promotion um, midway through the new season, uh, he was replaced by a Londoner, Alan Pardew, and he took over in December 2010. That season saw Andy Carroll and Kevin Nolan again do well up front for the Newcastle uh, and in the Premier League they they hit 23 goals for the for the campaign with long serving Shola Amiobi chipping in with nine goals. Uh, Newcastle finished in 12th place uh, and that was pretty satisfactory and the highlight of the season was a 5-1 demolition of Sunderland at St James's Park and everybody liked that. Yes, absolutely. That famous revolving door at St James's Park went into overdrive around this time. Lots of new players coming in, some very memorable, some very forgettable. Uh, yeah, more new faces arrived, and, and as you said at the time, you know there were so many uh, ins and outs. You know we saw Chetiodi, Perch, Gosling, uh, and a veteran international Sol Campbell was at Newcastle mm-hmm. for a little while. Also to wear the black and white was a exciting French winger Hatem Ben Arthur. Uh, now he unfortunately quickly suffered a leg break on his uh, more or less on his debut at Manchester City, uh, but once fit, at times captivated the fans with uh, with exciting direct running. Uh, but he eventually fell out of favour with manager Alan Pardew to many fr- supporters' frustration. At the end of the 2010-11 season, the new Geordie find uh, centre-forward Andy Carroll uh, was sold to Liverpool for a, a then-mammoth fee of £35 million. And that was the most expensive British player at the time. Yes, selling talented local players. It's as if Newcastle United never learn. You uh, you do mention Hatton Ben Arthur there, Paul. Probably, arguably, one of the most talented and exciting Newcastle players to feature for the club in the modern era. It's not an exaggeration to say he had Messi-like qualities. Sadly, we only saw those fleetingly, but I do think he's deserving of a player focus, if you could do so the honour. Yeah, well, in Newcastle United's modern football, uh, the Magpies had uh, the Magpie fans had witnessed quite special wide forwards from French football. You know, we had David Ginola, Laurent Robert, two you know, really exciting players. Then Hatton Ben Alpha came along, and now we've got Alan Saint-Maximum. And all were sort of similar types of uh, players with star quality. All maybe never quite did enough tracking back, but they all could be match winners uh, going forward. You know, Ben Arthur perhaps was the best of them all at running with the ball. 
um, and scored several memorable goals. You know, two stick in my mind. Uh, you know, your exciting runs at St James's Park against Blackburn in the FA Cup, and then mm. against Fulham when he went past several defenders to to hit the ball in in the net, both in the Gallagher end uh, from memory. Mm-hmm. You know, he joined Newcastle in August 2010 from Marseille for 5.75 million. Um, he was a French international, typically erratic, but could you know, get people on the edge of the seats. But he was discarded too early you know, in 2015, and maybe with another manager could have worked. You know, another manager could have worked well with him and, and made him into a, a real big Premier League star. He made 86 appearances and scored 14 goals before. Uh, heading back to the continent and, and drifted around France for several years. Hmm. Um, and to, to many people's surprise, it was around about this era, the 2010-2011 the, the era, that um, things really started to click for Alan Pardew, didn't they? Yeah, Alan Pardew appeared to get things uh, right at St James's Park for the new 2011-12 season. Newcastle really surprised many by finishing in fifth place uh, and qualified for the Europa League. There was even a period when the Magpies had a chance of squeezing into the Champions League again, um, but that you know never was maybe a step too far. But Pardew was awarded the Manager of the Year award, and it was quite an exceptional season for him. The new strike force of Papas Cisse and Demba Bar uh, were were really top class. You know they scored nearly forty goals between them, and Ben Arthur was showing his magic at times on the ball. Johan Kabay had arrived. Um, he came from Lille in France as another French player and immediately displayed authority in midfield. Yeah, great player. Loved Kabay. There was a real strong Gallic theme to Newcastle at this time, Paul. The French market had been identified early by Newcastle as a, a good source for players who could cope with the demands of the Premier League, yet were affordable to them as well. And, and the, the club were really tapping into this in a big way, weren't they? Yeah, there was certainly a large French influence. Um, and I remember one one home match uh, being called French Day or something like that, when everybody wore you know, French berries and uh, French flags fluttered around all over the place. Um, United had brought in uh, players like Aubertin, Marvaux and Abid from French football. Uh, more were to follow. And, and that season from the junior ranks, young Dutch keeper Tim Krul was established as first choice. And in 2012-13, you know, other French players arrived, Debussy, Yanga Mabiwa, uh, Gufran, Hedara, Alma Fantino, and Musa mm-hmm. Sissoko. Some of those names are a bit difficult to, <laughs> to pronounce. Midfielder Werner Nilita came from Ajax in, in Holland, and Pardew's team building unfortunately fell apart as they dramatically fell from Champions League challenges to strugglers for Premier League survival had really been a one-season peak for Alan Pardew's team. Newcastle survived that season in 16th spot, but it had been a disappointing campaign, exiting the Europa League to Benfica in the quarter-final, when perhaps they should have really had a, a better go at that uh, game with, with the likes of Ben Arthur and Amiobi on the bench at St James's Park in the deciding leg. Maybe they could have been more convincing uh, to reach that semi-final spot. Yeah, another sliding doors moment in the history of Newcastle United, that Benfica second leg. Um, and Paul, yeah, having enjoyed an upward curve in fortunes, that curve quickly began to head in the opposite direction in the following seasons, didn't it? Yeah, the following two seasons were typical of Newcastle United, really, in this era. Um, they were good at times, 
but inconsistent and often looking looking over their shoulder at relegation but always so uh, at the time you know, uh, recovering and ending up in mid table there were early exits in both the league cup and the fa cup uh, competitions which were never given a focus to the annoyance of many supporters there was really little to cheer uh, during uh, 2013-14 and 2014-15 mm. and uh, in in that the first of those two seasons newcastle began well you're reaching fifth place by December, but slipped down the table. Once more, they sold the best players at a profit. You know, Demba Bar, having already gone, now supporters saw Kabai head for Paris uh, and join PSG. Others would follow on a consistent basis. Um, although local product uh, Stephen Taylor marked ten years at the club, he was one who did develop with Tim Cruel through through the junior ranks. And, and stayed for a considerable period, but they were the exception. Yes, indeed. That brings us into 2014-2015 now in the journey of the club. Newcastle, they're still trying to recapture what they found abroad in 2011-2012 with their transfer policy, but there just weren't as many success stories with their signings, was there? Uh, there wasn't indeed. Uh, Newcastle again raided the continent for talent, as before with very mixed results. Remy Cabela arrived, so did Seem De Jong following his brother Luke De Jong to Tyneside, but uh, they, they really all failed. Also in came Riviere and Jan Matt and, and young striker Iosi Perez joined United too. And in time, he was the one that developed into a useful forward. All the others really failed. Like the previous season, Newcastle started in style, once more reaching fifth place, but again dropped down the table. Alarmingly, this this time, they were, they were really looking at the relegation battle and by this time Alan Pardew was under fire and decided to call time on his stay at uh, St James's Park as 2014 ended. Uh, so Newcastle looked for another manager again but uh, they the, the took an easy option perhaps. In came coach and ex-reserve player local lad John Carver. United were actually in free fall when he arrived and the Geordie boss just managed to steer United away from the drop zone. It, there was no surprise that a new man was to be appointed during the summer. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned taking the easy option. That that was to become a theme, really, for Newcastle when it comes to recruitment of managers. Steve McLaren arrived to take over as permanent boss. Not many fans were inspired by this appointment, though, and the McLaren era, it didn't go to plan, really, did it? Well, Steve McLaren was, was very successful at Middlesbrough down the road, uh, but with Newcastle, he just couldn't get United going despite uh, a, a, quite a, a big spending spree uh, as he arrived. You know, another uh, player from France arrived, Thorvan, uh, uh, Alexander Mitrovic came from uh, uh, Anderlecht. There was uh, uh, Mamba and John Joe Shelby arrived too. And there was also Jimmy Willandum mm-hmm. and all those cost over 55 million. So, you know, they spent quite well uh, in, in terms of money but Steve McLaren couldn't knit them together at all and United dropped into the relegation zone and he was axed after only 31 games in charge. Indeed, yes. Uh, Perhaps axed a little bit later than fans might have wanted, Uh, but an incredible appointment was made uh, to replace him in the March of that season. Rafa Benitez came in, who three months prior had been in charge at Real Madrid, but sadly he couldn't prevent what fans had long since feared, could he, Paul? 
Well, the Spaniard was he's hugely experienced and successful over many, many years, famously winning the, the Champions League with Liverpool. Um, he only had 10 games to try and get Newcastle United to safety. Uh, and much like Alan Shearer before him, had little chance to save United uh, from relegation. Rafa did make a difference and, and forged a, a bond immediately with, with the supporters. But you know, despite his efforts, uh, Newcastle were uh, relegated. And the big question was whether he would stay a, a division lower uh, and try to get Newcastle uh, back into the Premier League uh, very quickly. And, and to the joy of everybody, he decided to stay and the focus was on a quick promotion. Absolutely, yes. And a special mention to the, the last game of in that Premier League season at home to Tottenham, where Newcastle beat uh, Spurs 5-1. Um, fantastic atmosphere generated by the fans in a bid to convince Rafa to stay and, and help Newcastle United bounce back at the first time of asking. Um, and we'll cover that um, in the next episode when, when we would discuss the Rafa Benitez era. That brings an end to this episode, though, the, the third and final of our history series. Well done, Paul. Some tricky pronunciations there on the on the on the players of this era, but you did well. Pardew has come in and, and briefly conquered, but then the Black and White Kingdom has crumbled once again and Newcastle have been relegated for the second time in two episodes. <laughs> but there, there is reason to be optimistic. Uh, we'll find out in the, the next episode, which covers the Raffolution, the Rafa Benitez era at St James's Park, and that is of course out next Wednesday, listener. So miss it. And in the meantime, please do sub- stay subscribed to the Everything Is Black and White podcast via whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Hit that notification bell so you get all our podcasts as soon as they land. And follow us on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Video versions of the episodes; these are all available to watch on our YouTube channel, which is the EIBW Podcast. And remember to stay up to date with everything Black and White by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletters. These are completely free to do so and there's a link to sign up in the show notes if you tap that select sport newcastle united updates and enter your email address you'll be signed up to receive all the best newcastle united content from chronicle live every single day thanks so much for listening to chronicle the history of newcastle united with me matt ketchell and paul joan